once upon a time, in a world with faith and fairness, there was something hidden. Down the boundary! He's gonna go! Grab his lead! Pitch on the way for Mikulacic. We got a miss! Mikulacic gets the strikeout! And for the first time in school history, the Bearcats are going to the Super Regionals! Get ready for a next-level show. Hello and welcome to Chasing the Cup. I'm your host, Jason Barfield, and got a little bit of a different show for you today. Obviously, the big news in the Southland Conference came down on Thursday that the fall sports seasons have been postponed for football, volleyball, soccer, and cross country. So we had a press conference here in our studios on Thursday. Several members of the media were here. We're going to take the audio excerpts from that press conference and play it back for you. You're going to hear from Bobby Williams. You're going to hear from Casey Keeler. You're going to hear from Trevor Williams, a linebacker on the football team this year. And Brenda Gray will also speak, the head volleyball coach, and talk about the impact on her program. And we're going to go ahead and get things started with Bobby Williams, who addressed the media and talked a little bit about uh, the process of getting to where ultimately a decision was made to postpone everything and what that means for the future of our fall sports and what this fall and potentially the spring is going to look like. Well, first and foremost, this, this is the second time that we've had to go through this, and it's, it's extremely difficult, especially when you, you speak to the student athletes and coaches. Had to go back uh, to March 13th, the first time that we had to uh, make this type of decision and the emotions of it, and you feel for our student athletes and coaches because of the effort and the hard work they go through uh, to do that. And I think the same thing is true uh, with this group of student athletes in the fall. Uh, uh, the best part about it and probably what's different about it is we do have a little bit of hope in trying to move forward and play at some point in time. At least that's, that's the thought process right now. How difficult was this a second time around telling a group of athletes that their season has been canceled? Very difficult. I mean, uh, you know, because you, as a student athlete myself, as a coach, I've lived it, experienced, and, and I've thought about that, putting myself in, in, in their, their shoes and tried to talk to them in those terms because – uh, it's so emotional for them, and especially the seniors, uh, in trying to deal with uh, this could be their last year or, or those type of things. And, you know, it comes down to a lot of emotion, and you want to make sure that you're encouraging them, try to give them as much hope as they can, uh, and just be there for them. What have these initial discussions been like as you now start to prepare for a potential spring season? Well, it's been going on since March 13th. I mean, I think that's what a lot of people – uh, don't realize is the amount of Zoom calls, amount of calls, everything that, uh, and it changes daily, hourly in a lot of cases. So we've talked about so many different scenarios uh, from that perspective. I think uh, I'm not sure when decisions will be made or, or what will happen moving forward. I can only say, and this is what I've told our student athletes, uh, I think our student athletes the last 15 years have a certain expectation or standard as for when it comes to a season of competition, and uh, that's that, that involves NCAA postseason, that involves conference playing for a conference championship, playing a full season, and I've kind of outlined to them my decision making and what that would come into play because I, 
you know, we understand the health and safety and all the different things we're dealing with. Those are paramount and those are a priority and, and, and somewhat obvious that you're trying to make sure that everyone's safe and healthy. But also, I think we also can't discount the student athlete experience. And, and I think our decisions will be based on what provides that best opportunity for them. Do you feel like the athletic department has enough support in place to assist these student athletes now as we start to look towards competing in the spring? We are. We, we think we are. We're, we're trying everything we, we can do to, to meet the, the guidelines and everything that's ever changing from that perspective. And we feel like uh, some of the testing protocols and, and the support, just the, the discussion with the student athletes. I met with SAC yesterday, met with uh, several teams today and the head coaches. And that's what I outlined is, is I'm going to be very open with how we made decisions and, and the process that we, we went through. I even talked to them about some of the different votes that it goes through over the course of the last three days, how you can be at a 7-6 vote, 8-5 vote, 13-0 vote, back to 11-2, and try to get them to understand and at least respect what we were trying to do. Uh, people still may disagree with the ultimate decision, but at least you go through the process and you see how thoughtful we were in every phase that we were trying to accomplish. What are the plans right now for any potential non-conference games? You know, we've had those we've had those conversations when we talk about what ifs, and you have to be very careful about what ifs from that standpoint. And then once you have a decision made, you try to address that. Uh, you know, as far as non-conference games, you know, with our two games that were were canceled to begin with, uh, we did look at opportunities to play other other situations like that, just in case we were trying. You know, we were going to be able to play this fall. Uh, I know a lot of a lot of universities are talking about independent schedule, and while uh, we're still looking at that as an option, I think what I just said about our standard of competition and student athlete experience will come into play in that, and uh, and we'll make decisions based on that and what's best for our student athletes and our our university from there. But ultimately, I think with giving us a hope potentially of playing some point in down in the next month or spring or whatever that may be. I, I think that's a, a positive hope for us, and we'll try to work to that. And whatever decisions are made, then we'll respond to it so that we can give our student-athletes a great experience. How is this postponement now going to affect the practices and the trainings for these fall sports? Well, I think, you know, we we had uh, we were getting ready to go into the 20-hour and, 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 and some things like that, uh, volleyball, soccer, football, cross-country. We were looking at those. We made some adjustments last week just because of some of the conversations that were going on uh, and making sure that our testing protocols were, were in place to be able to handle those guidelines that the NCAA had set down uh, because it changes from every two weeks and, and, and kind of that 25% testing to – uh, testing every week, 72 hours before, you know, because we were talking about uh, going into the season with volleyball, having the chest, test on Monday, then soccer Tuesday, football uh, Wednesday, just to meet the 72-hour period, how we were going about with our testing and, and getting um, the machine so that we can have it here with our, our medical center on campus and those type of things. So the, a lot of things were in discussion and what was going to trigger that and, and how we were going about uh, utilizing our practice time and, and, and from there. How does the decision to postpone the fall sports now affect basketball season? Uh, that's, that's the next discussion. That has been part of the discussions, of course, but we understand that when we made these decisions uh, with the four fall sports, that that could have ramifications on the winter sports, in our case with men's and women's basketball and bowling. 
you know, when, when I started looking at this back in May, and I told our student athletes and coaches this, our process was to, uh, worst case scenario, is get all of our students back here for the first day of classes. And then I started working with our four fall sports to try to get them here for their August camp period. And then we had various uh, summer access or voluntary workouts and, and off season in the summer. And we were focusing on the, the four fall sports, not that we were not concerned about the rest of our sports, but we had to prioritize the ones that were going into their traditional season. Uh, and then we would start addressing fall ball or, or different things like that, some of the non-traditional things in the fall, and then work our way to the basketball season and things like that. I think with this decision, uh, our discussions as athletic directors on campus and wherever we'll be focusing uh, even more as a priority on, on basketball. And, and knowing a lot of that may be out of control, like with the Pac-12, uh, not playing anything till January 1, uh, you know, how that affects. We do not have uh, contests with them at this point in time, but if others start making those decisions, then it'll make, make our change. The, the big challenge that we've got with what we've been doing and trying to play the fall sports in the spring is now we're playing 17 sports in the spring. And you can imagine from a staffing standpoint, uh, training standpoint, uh, you know, everything involved that, that, that we've got some work to do, all of us across the country in trying to deal with that. What is the decision-making process when you look at the potential of playing games in the fall? We are looking at it, but I, I, I'm setting – I think you can see my standard. If it's something that we are going to be able to have our student-athletes being able to play for a conference championship at minimum, uh, then we would look at some things like that. But at this point in time, we're just going to be able to respond to see what the conference is doing and how we go about playing in the spring. From a logistical standpoint now, how big of a challenge is this to potentially play 17 sports in the spring? Uh, it's going to be very daunting to, to a challenge from that standpoint. Uh, while I think, you know, mo if you ask most of our staff, even just a normal year, we're understaffed. Uh, I think we're better probably than most in our conference. But even with that, whether it's sports information, whether it's athletic training, uh, operations, uh, you know, there's a scenario we looked at where we could have uh, a basketball game on Wednesday night, you know, uh, a volleyball game on Thursday, soccer on Friday, um, and then football, baseball, and softball, double headers and everything like that. I mean, I, I, that's worst case scenario, but uh, we haven't really put all the schedules together, but, but that potentially is there because we have it normally in the spring. Uh, our spring is a, probably on our staff is probably the most challenging because of the number of events that we have. And uh, then you adding the four fall sports in there, uh, it's gonna create some, some challenges. But we're, you know, that's our job, is to try to make sure that we figure it out. Uh, we might have to spread some resources out a little bit different. Uh, uh, you know, some of the fan experience may be not as, as good from that standpoint uh, because of that with marketing and different things like that. But ultimately it's about that student athlete experience and trying to make sure that that game and that event is, is positive for them. After Bobby Williams spoke, Casey Keeler took to the microphone to kind of address what was going on with the football program and really how they were impacted by the decision made by the Southland Conference on Thursday. Yeah, tough day. You know, I mean, we've been tugged a lot of different ways, a lot of rumors out there. You know, you read one report, you think you're, you're playing, then you read another report, you say, you know, we're not going to play. And um, I think for the kids, I think it was nice to finally get, okay, this is what we're going to do moving forward. Um, so I addressed the, the, the team this morning, and uh, I could tell there was disappointment. 
But at the same time, you know, our mindset is that, um, you know, we want to be in the worlds of the James Madisons and the North Dakota States. And if you can't play for a national championship this fall, you know, we'd rather, you know, find another time that we can get a chance to get in that competition. This is a program that in the last 10 years has been in five Final Fours. So that's kind of the mentality we have. And it's, you know, we want to be with the big boys trying to win a national championship. And it's obviously not going to happen in the fall. So, you know, let's see if we can put some ideas together and see if a spring season is possible. Right now, I don't know if anyone knows if that's possible or not because no one's put enough thought into it, but that's going to be the next thing we're going to do. Coach, have you heard any plans or developments as far as what a spring FCS season could look like? No, I mean, I think some people are saying we don't want to try anything before January 1st. I mean, there's been some talk, you know, like, hey, why don't we start in December? Kids are all leaving, almost create a bubble um, for, 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 our, for our guys in terms of practice and, pre and prepping for a season. But... I think the, the FCS conferences, you know, have to get together and start talking and saying, okay, how does this all work for all of us? Because, you know, you don't come to Sam Houston to play six or seven games. You know, you come to Sam Houston to win a national championship. And um, I think we'd be all really excited about trying to play for a national championship if it's going to be in the spring. Let's just figure out how we're going to do that. Does leaving that door open for a spring season give you an extra sense of optimism knowing you've got such a big, strong senior class this year? Yeah, yeah, and, you know, and, and honestly, I think our best team will be in the spring or next fall because I think it's going to give us an opportunity to, to get that offensive line. I mean, I love the talent on the offensive line. I mean, I've been really impressed with the pure talent. It's just now we need some time to get those guys together. So um, I'm one of those glass half full guys, and that's what I told the guys. I said, listen, you know, for you guys who are going to graduate in December, you know, you get a chance to either start grad school or maybe even for some guys finish grad school or get a second major. So there's opportunities for our guys academically. We have a big senior class. There's a lot of guys who can kind of figure out what they want to do academically. Um, and, and like I said, you know, our mentality is we want to kind of be in the fight for a national championship. And, you know, once, you know, James Madison was out of it, North Dakota State was out of it, I, I think, you know, our mindset was if the Southland – decides to move on and not play in the fall, we'll be fine with that. Several schools in the Southland Conference are looking at playing non-conference games in the fall. Is that even an option for you guys? No, as an institution, we've decided, and I am 100% behind this, we do not want to play uh, an out-of-conference game right now. We just don't see the, 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 the value of it. Um, we see there's more value in just trying to get our kids. you got to remember, we didn't have the summer that we wanted to have in terms of preparation. You know, we, didn't, we came in back in horrible shape, and it wasn't the kids' fault. I mean, I got guys who weren't allowed to leave an apartment in, in the Bronx because, uh, you know, um, they were in lockdown for three months. I had a bunch of guys up in Dallas that, you know, got kicked out of running on, on, on a stadium field because, again, they were in lockdown. So, so many of our guys, when they came back in June, were j just not in the shape that we know they can be with the great strength program we have. And so, you know, glass half full is like, hey, guys, you get a chance to get a full four months now with, with our strength coach. And what a great opportunity to get us bigger, stronger, faster. How we thought we should be in shape when we came in and for August camp, that's the kind of shape we'll be in if we have a spring season. If we don't have a spring season, it gives them even more time to uh, get ready for, uh, for another fall season. So I always try to look at things in a positive way. And, uh, again, our players are very disappointed. Our coaching staff is very disappointed. But at the same time, we now need to match up, okay, how's this going to help you ac academically and for the rest of your life? With a lot of the plans for a spring FCS season still up in the air, I'm curious to know, 
what's the feasibility of playing really what's going to amount to two full seasons in one calendar year? No, I don't think it is. I think what you're going to have to do, you're going to have to have an abbreviated season in the spring and then possibly push back the fall. Um, so I, I think, you know, guys smarter than me are going to try figuring out if this is all going to work. And I think that's the, the next, uh, the next uh, phase is, okay, let's get all those uh, conferences together in FCS and let's kind of see what ideas they have and can we put something together that we all feel really good about. Um, I know at Sam Houston State, you know, the health and, and safety and well-being of our players is going to be number one. And so we're not going to put them back in a situation in the spring if we don't feel that's the best thing for them. Uh, we've already had that discussion. So, again, I think we're in an exploratory situation right now. And um, I think we were also so focused on trying to play in the fall that now it's like, okay, now it's time to move that aside. Let's go look at the opportunities in the spring. And if this is possible to do, and I don't know if it is or not, um, I know there's going to be some creative work that's going to have to do to be able to play a spring season and then a fall season. With the fall season now officially postponed, how does that affect really practices, trainings for you guys now as you start to prepare for what could be a spring season? Yeah, so we, we moved ourselves back uh, to a phase where it's an eight-hour a week with our players. So uh, we're on the field with the players twice a week. Uh, strength coach has them three days a week, off on the weekends. Um, we get a chance to use a football right now, at least in terms of the way the rules are. Uh, we can have a football out there, uh, kind of doing a walkthrough. Can't go against each other. But, um, you know, it, it, we've done it for about six or seven days, and we've seen a lot of progress with our players. And uh, now it's an opportunity to, you know, kind of switch things up a little bit, maybe do a little bit something different coming up here in the, in, in the future. But um, I've seen progress the last five or six days with what we've been doing, and that's the, the system we're going to stay in until the NCAA gives us different guidance. How different is it going to be around campus and around Huntsville not having a Sam Houston State football season in the fall? Yeah, just, you know, living in the state of Texas and to think that um, – our college seasons or high school seasons are all kind of up in the air. And I think it was really tough with the mentality that we have uh, in Texas about not playing football. I think that was a really tough decision to make. Um, and I think some people around us started making the decision for us. You know, when you saw um, some very credible Division I programs, conferences saying, hey, this isn't going to work. I think that's when we started to maybe not say reevaluate, but you know, just take a little closer look and say, okay, does this make sense for us moving forward? Um, I just think there's a lot of balls in the air right now, still a lot of question marks, and I think that's one of the reasons why we decided not to move forward because we didn't want to be put in a situation where um, you know we had all those question marks and we were going to try playing a season. You know, and you know, if you look at what we were trying to do to play a season, we weren't going in a locker room. Um, we don't have any meetings in person. Everything is either on the field or in a Zoom meeting. You know, all indications are the last thing you want to do is bring a group of people into an indoor facility. And so we've eliminated all those things. I don't meet with my staff in person. I meet with them either via Zoom or on the field. I still meet with them on the field in person, but I, we don't sit down in our office anymore. So, you know, life as we, we know right now has changed a little bit, and it's definitely changed how you prep for a season. Trevor Williams, who played all 12 games last season for the Bearcats at linebacker, coming back. He's a junior on this squad and really looking to be one of the leaders of what could be a very good defense whenever they do get out on the field 
had a chance to speak to the media as well about the feelings that he has as a player and from the player's perspective of finding out that there will not be a fall season. Yeah, I mean, you know, it hurts. It, it did hurt, but, you know, just with everything going on, you know, you see see other conferences just around the country, things like that, you know. Um, I mean, you just you couldn't help but just think of it as a possibility of happening. So when it did, I mean, it did hurt, but at the same time, it's just kind of just understanding everything's going on. So, I mean, a little disappointed, but we'll be, we'll be just fine. We'll be all right. Was this a decision you guys as a team expected, or did this ultimately take you by surprise? Well, I mean, it's 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 kind of a little bit expected just because, like I said, all the other all the other conferences, things like that, they were kind of in the talks and things like that. So, you know, when when we got the news, it was it was like okay, we we figured it was probably going to happen, but you know, it's you know at this point it is what it is. We, I mean, we just have to accept it and just keep working from there. So. With the season now postponed potentially to the spring, what are some of the positives do you think that you can take away from this? Right, right, right. Well, you know, I told I told the rest of the linebackers, you know, we got some young guys in here now, and I told them with all this with all this here going on, um, I said take this as an opportunity to get better. You know, take advantage of this. You know, use this time to get better mentally, to get better physically. You know, physically in shape, get bigger, stronger, faster, things like that. So, you know. Just like I said, just take advantage of this opportunity, and then only good things can come out of this. So, what is it about this group, and really especially this defense, that you feel like y'all can really capitalize on this and come out better on the other end? Right. You know, I, I met um, me and some other other leaders on the defense. We met with the DC, and he just told us um, this. Is, I mean, this is tough, but at the end of the day, we all have to stay together, stick together. You know, we have a very, very good chance of being a very great defense, and we can't get down on ourselves. We can't we can't drag around anything like that. Just have to use this time to constantly get better, work at it, and to just take it day by day, and we'll be good from there. As disappointing of a day as it is today to find out the fall is postponed, is there some sort of excitement, though, knowing that there is a chance you guys could have a full season in the spring? Well, yeah, I mean, just just hearing the fact that it's a, it's a – possibility of a spring season, you know, it kind of shocked me just because, I mean, I've never played football in the spring besides, just, you know, spring practices and things like that. But um, just honestly, just having the opportunity to play a full season, um, that's that's what excites me the most, you know, just whenever, whenever we're uh, set to play, we'll be ready. So what do you think the physical toll could be like? And when you guys look at possibly playing, you know, if you go eight, ten games in the spring and then turn around and have a fall season of 10, 12, plus whatever comes for the playoffs, what do you think that physical toll could be like on you guys? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I've constantly been thinking about that and just when when exactly would the turn – how quick of a turnaround we would have, um, you know, playing the spring season, that kind of, kind of you know, brings up a lot of questions and whether or not to, like, I guess – the turnaround time for that, um, you know, I think that'll probably be a challenge just because, I mean, playing a season, of course, in the fall, I mean, it weighs on your body already. And going with that quick turnaround, I'm not really sure how that would go. But, you know, um, I would just I would just say it'll, it'll, it'll be a pretty, pretty different, you know. Um, it's, it's just different. It'll be different for sure. Coach Keeler had mentioned this earlier, but uh, he said that you guys are not going to play – a non-conference game this fall. Just what are your thoughts on that? I feel like at this point, it's I don't think it's really worth it. You know, they, you know, there's other there's 
other schools and things like that playing the non-conference games and you have you have the full conference and saying we don't want to have like a full season you see other teams playing those games you know it's it's kind of just kind of brings up in your mind like yeah I guess why but I mean at this point I mean I'm not, I'm not really sure but yeah that's how that's how I feel about that so Really, all the talk around the country has centered on the postponement of football and how there's going to be no football season. But there's more sports that are affected by this at Sam Houston, especially no soccer this fall, no volleyball this fall. Cross country's not going to compete this fall. And so Brenda Gray, head coach of the volleyball team, had a chance to kind of speak to the fact that they have also lost their season as well. Well, totally unprecedented year, season, 2020. I think everybody knows where we are right now. Um, you know, the, we're, we, we knew this possibly could happen. Our girls have known this from the start. Um, but we've been in a preseason format. A uh, whole team reported a week and a half ago. We've been in two days. So what we can only do now is continue to train, understand that uh, we're here to get better. Same Houston volleyball will continue both you know, athletically and on the court. But I think the main thing that we have to understand, it's a health and safety issue. I think everybody everybody knows that. Um, our players are very aware that this is bigger than Sam Houston Volleyball, and we respect the decisions of the conference. Um, our athletic director, the presidents, um, you know, they're putting our best interest at heart. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll go by their direction. And um, I will tell you this, at Sam Houston Volleyball, our prayers are with the families that have suffered through corona, and we just want to be sure that, you know, we keep our players totally informed, and when, when they make the call that we're ready to go, we'll be ready. What has the attitude been like with your players as they've kind of gone through this process, and what have you seen in them? Well, I believe that my team, I'm very open with my team. I think my team is a very articulate. Uh, they're very keen on what is going on. I don't want to hide anything from them. I think uh, being open, honest, you know, even the sanitary measures we've been using just during two days, um, you know, this team – they understand the parameters they're in right now, and I, you know, I just think they're doing a great job. They're very optimistic. What has been the most challenging thing about this process for you as a coach? <sighs> it's just something I don't think any of us ever thought we would have to go through. Uh, you know, yeah, I've been here a while. I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of changes through not only sports but life in general but this is something that mm, takes precedence over every part of life and i think that our players they again they understand the importance of staying safe understanding that uh, sam houston is going to take care of us and the conference is going to take care of us and we're going to abide by what they're asking us to do if you do have a spring season how big of a challenge will it be for your team to play a season in the spring and then turn around in the fall and compete in your regular fall season? Well, I think it'll be a modified season in the spring somewhat. I don't think there's any way that it will be as full as a full traditional fall schedule. So I think that will help in terms of competition, um, training hours. But, you know, they do at the same time, there's about a three-month period in the summer that they can recover, rest. They do all come back early July anyways, and I believe that they would be ready. That's going to do it for this episode of Chasing the Cup. 
Right now, we don't know what the fall is going to look like. We're going to work to bring more content to you, whether it's through podcasts or through videos or interviews or features on the website. We're going to continue to work to help tell the story of Sam Houston during obviously what is an unprecedented time in Sam Houston, Southland Conference, college athletics all together. And uh, so we're going to work to try to bring that story to you here over the next few months as we look forward to ultimately getting back on the floor, back out on the field and playing once again. If you like what you're hearing from us this year, be sure and rate and review the show. If you're not subscribing to Chasing the Cup, you can do so on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Chasing the Cup is recorded in the Bearcat Sports Network studios in the new Wood Forest Athletic Center. This week's episode was written and produced by Jason Barfield. Broadcast calls are courtesy ESPN. The songs Hot Shot and Clear Progress are courtesy ScottHolmesMusic.com. This has been a presentation of the Bearcat Sports Network.